Hello, everybody. Welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe. Tonight we have Christina Gomez. You will definitely know who she is if you're in the community, but if you're new to the community, she works for The Debrief and she also has her own show called Paradigm Shift on YouTube. All of those links you can find in the description below. Before we start, I just want to say thank you to anybody listening for the first time, whether it be on YouTube or that UFO podcast. I just wanted to say thank you and welcome, and you are very appreciated. If you've been supporting for a long time, extra thank yous, and thanks for sticking with me. So, Christina, how are you today? I am so excited for today, and I'm so sorry for my internet. It's, like, not working, so if I kind of freeze out, just you know, we'll, we'll make it yeah. work, but, uh, it's, it's rare. I mean, it's actually not rare. I have the internet issues all the time where I am. So I, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. So like if we glitch out guys, sorry, it just, it happens. If it's too bad, we'll reschedule, but, um, we're not going to let it happen. We're just going to put it out there that <laughs> it's not going to happen. And hello to the people in the chat, Jericho, Josh, went, Josh went back to bed. He always pops in to say hello. Um, and Diesel Girl and Brad, thank you so much for coming. So many people that are watching my show already know who you are. But like I have some other people that might not know who you are from like the witch community or the spirituality community. So who is Christina Gomez? What do you do? It's a loaded question. I'm I'm just a regular person that is seeking answers. All of us have so many questions. We all want to know really what the truth is out there. And in, in some respects, it can be rather difficult to find. So I created a podcast where I can speak to UFO researchers and enthusiasts and ask all the questions I want to ask, along with another show called Mysteries with a History, where I cover everything that kind of falls under the umbrella of the supernatural and the paranormal. And um, it's really geared for people like myself that are coming out of high school, in college, and that are very, very new to the topic and don't know where to start. When I started being interested in the topic, there was already a lot of UFO podcasts, but like when I would try to listen in, I was getting lost so quickly. There was so much jargon being thrown around. There were like cases that would be touched on, but then like they would run away. And I'm like, wait, what is what is Roswell? Like what happened? and they wouldn't touch on it um so i decided you know if i'm new there's there has to be other people that are having the same questions i am so the show that i make starts from the ground up and then when i'm not doing that i also work for the debrief media as a um content producer um which has been a lot of fun it's they just had their one year anniversary and they've grown so incredibly fast that like no one was expecting their growth to be so extreme so it's been such a pleasure and such an honor to work with them along with the KUNX radio show as well so uh, a lot has happened in just a short period of time and i look forward to what the future holds for the whole ufo community that's very cool so you kind of gave a little bit of like the why you do this, but I loved, I talked to you, I think we were on Alien Girls show and uh, I don't even know if I asked you or somebody else asked you, but you were talking about, and you said this before in other interviews and just in general, that you are kind of trying to bring it to your generation. And everybody says like, you know, it's going to be the people like Christina's age group that's going to carry this forward when we're all in nursing homes and blah, blah, blah. But I have small children. So I, I am all about you. You know, I'm 
I'm really like, uh, you, you got a big torch to carry, but um, I think you can do it. And I'm, I'm very thankful to have people like you and your age group spreading this because I didn't talk about it publicly till this past year. And I had my first experience when I was five. So I just have been like a secret weirdo with aliens the whole time. It was scary enough coming out about spirituality, you know, but um, so I just want to thank you for doing what you do. Everybody at the debrief is amazing. Um, I love that. It's probably, I will say, that UFO podcast and the debrief are the two things that I kind of read. Um, like, you know, when you like most people read like the news, like I, the news scares me sometimes. So I just read, I just read the debrief or <laughs> listen to UFO podcasts. But um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I met Chrissy. She was my first official interview. And she was so nice. Like, it's so rare to find people so genuine. But I've found a lot of people, genuine people in this community. I think that a lot of the UFO, UIP community, um, they're very intelligent. And they also kind of have this, whether they show it or not sometimes, this like capacity to empathize with others. Because we've all kind of been those social outcasts for being um, who we are and being interested in the topic, but what is the main thing that got you like started? What is like the, the one straw that was like, I have to do this. It was. Oh guys, we lost her for a second. Um, so we will just hang out. And if she comes back. Oh, okay. Yes. We're back. Okay. That's so awesome. as, as a parent, you can understand how influential your likes and dislikes are towards your children. I mean, children are like sponges, whatever you teach them, they can grasp it in a few minutes, if not the next day. So for myself, my father was a ginormous twilight zone fan. So like every new year's, which is coming up in a few days, I'm so excited on the sci-fi channel, they play the twilight zone for 48 hours. So my dad and I, from the age of five until I moved out of the house, we would just binge watch it. We would try our best not to sleep for 48 hours, which we always failed, right? <laughs> eating pizza, eating popcorn, drinking hot chocolate and stuff. And, you know, just just really diving into this TV show from the late 1950s, early 1960s that covered these kinds of strange topics. Just everything you could imagine from portals to Bigfoots to aliens yeah. to everything in between. And during this time period, it was very incredibly taboo, yet they portrayed the show so beautifully. And I think my favorite part, the more mature I got watching the same episodes every single year, <laughs> I began to realize that this was one of the very few shows that I watched that didn't just feed you the answers on a silver plate. It 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 kind of it kind of ended each episode with like an open question. What really happened? Yeah. And so that curiosity just burned inside of me. And as um, parents, I'm not a parent, but I have with cats maybe, but um, with a lot of parents or, or those that have nieces and nephews, we could understand when a child hits about five or six, they start asking those, like they're at that why oh, stage. Yeah. Why yeah. this? Why that? A uh, mom, why? Just mm -hmm. why, 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 why? And, and a while that can be a really frustrating stage as an adult for children they just want to understand yes. the world to the Everything. best of their ability and their parents or their teachers they perceive them as if they know everything. Like you guys are yes. gods. You know what life is about. When mm -hmm. I hit my twenties, I'm like, holy crap, 
I was so wrong when I was 10 years old. I thought I would have my life together. Oh, yeah. Here I am. And I'm like, I don't even understand anything. But, but what I'm getting at is um, when kids are at that stage of asking why, most parents get frustrated and they're like, just stop asking me why. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, or like, so go hard. to Google. And <laughs> And even though that might kind of sound funny now for the kid, it can definitely affect them yes. in the future. They, they lose their curiosity. They're yeah. scared of being rejected or, or having the answer no when they ask a question. And yeah. the older you get, you get like your preteens, your teen years, um, you just kind of play off. You're like, yeah, I know that. Right. Well, like, how do you know? Well, Google told me and yeah. and you you lose that curiosity you you stop asking those big questions and in, and with the paranormal the supernatural even spirituality you need to have that curiosity to move forward otherwise you're just going to be a stagnant pond and no one wants to enter a <laughs> pond full yes. of like moss and like dead <laughs> bugs and stuff no you want you want a beautiful flowing river that you can enter cleanse yourself and really know that it's safe in that water for the most part so for for me um and i love kids i love kids with a passion so i i learned a lot from them from a young age until older just to kind of see how their brains work how they ask these questions and even for myself you know i'm only 22 like i'm not I, I'm still very close to, I still remember my teen years yeah. like, pretty vividly. <laughs> I remember my high school years. And let me tell you, there was wow. nothing good about it. They're like, your high school and your college years are going to be the best years oh, of your life. And I'm thinking, college, maybe. I, I college have never maybe. been more sad than being yeah. in high school and college. So, so the biggest thing is with my generation, we're so stuck to being to our cell phones, TikTok. We can walk the street, right? Looking at our phones <laughs> and not bump into anything. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's an amazing skill, but it's still dangerous. It's still, oh, yeah, because definitely. we're so attached to our cell phones. So for, for me, I wanted to bring this topic to my generation and they can go ahead and start asking those questions again start being curious again because curiosity even though oh so internet has to act up so yes um when christina comes back i'm sure she'll continue <laughs> so she's talking about curiosity and my son is already like that Oh, so sorry. I was just trying to fill no, the space. You're, you're okay. I was like, why isn't she moving? Oh, I think I'm frozen. Oh. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring this to my generation to have them be curious once again, because it keeps you young and, 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 it, and it keeps life fun. If you know everything, you probably heard this a thousand times, it gets boring. You, oh, yes. you want to keep learning. So for me, um, I talk to whoever I can get my hands on to, to go ahead and have these burning questions that I simply cannot find and that hopefully will get me closer to the truth, wherever that may be, either through scientific data, through experiences, through anecdotal accounts. It doesn't really matter how you get there as long as you get there. There are so many paths to disclosure in your own mind to yes. reaching um, an enlightened state, right? For those that are spiritual, for, for getting a, a doctorate degree, there are so many paths you can take, but they're all going to take you there at some point in time. Yep. 
Exactly. I couldn't have said that better. Um, you had mentioned that when you started the podcast, um, there were so many um, diff- there were so many UFO podcasts already. Um, it's similar with the spiritual community. Um, I remember last year I had a business with my friend and we were doing um, like meditation kits and spiritual um, free spiritual classes or metaphysical classes and you know basic things for people that just started kind of getting into spirituality because it was very similar like what you said. Um, you would go into the spiritual podcast and they would start talking about like the holographic universe and, and stuff that people don't understand. And um, so we were doing it to kind of like help like the people that had just started their spiritual journey and curiosity kind of bearing away from a lot of people kind of like questioning outside of their churches or their the religion they grew up in and thinking more like um, in a more united front, I guess, um, more like global consciousness, that sort of thing. So it's interesting. I always seem to draw, see parallels between like this community and the spiritual community, even though some people wouldn't like to hear that. Um, It's also very interesting that so many people have kind of like started their interest in like this sort of thing at the age of five. Um, And because like you said, everybody's so curious at that age, like the the whole world is like um, open to you. You don't understand anything. And my four-year-old's already at the Y stage. He talked early. He's like, <laughs> he's like, Dad, why? It literally like, tell me about chlorophyll, because right? his, because <laughs> he asked why the leaves are green, and I have a biology background, so um, I was like, well, because of chlorophyll. And then he's like, what's that? I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to explain like the light and dark cycle to this kid already? Like, <laughs> like tell me again about a hurricane and how it works. Like, he, and he does it to um, my husband's a more patient one. I just kind of give them like one word answers. And you're right. I shouldn't do that because as a kid, um, that's why it took me so long to like, speak my truth and use my voice to uh, just in general. Like there would be times where somebody would ask me something and I would freeze. I wouldn't talk because I got shut down so much as a kid. So I'm trying not to do that to my kids. Stay curious, you know. Um, but yeah, he's they're so um, the way they think is just it's just so open you know what i mean like everything is there's no bias there there's no opinions yet because they haven't even formed one they don't even know how to understand what the topic is so they cannot place any past experiences to go ahead and explain what they're seeing for example chlorophyll if you don't even know how chlorophyll works if you don't even understand why plants are green how can you even form an opinion to why that is right without any background information so kids kids are amazing they again they are sponges they can just swallow up anything but you know of course depending on their age you have to explain it to them differently so that they're able to explain it based off of their vocabulary and also based off of their experiences as well and it's it's fun because with children it it makes you learn all over again because sometimes they'll ask questions and you're like yeah i don't know that's a good question let me ask let me go ahead and ask google hey alexa why (laughs) you're like when you're a mom you're like the alexa you're the Alexa before the Alexa. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like I, I love it. I took them to this uh, playground and it's attached to, it's called Bernheim, Bernheim Forest. It's in Kentucky. And I don't know if you're familiar with, there's these forest giants that this guy builds out of um, repurposed wood. And I want to say he's from Norway or Sweden. But there are these massive giants made out of like repurposed wood. I'll have to send you the link. Um, but there's one here. And we went, he just had so many questions. Well, they built like a natural playground there. And if you're like a neat freak mom, you would not like this playground because like 
I'm not like I'm not a neat freak and I was like cringing a little bit because they were like rolling down this hill and there's like dirt and I'm like oh my god but this is boys they just need to get dirty um <laughs> just let it be <laughs> I know but then but, like when they come in the house just full of mud and you're like take off car, your shoes yeah, car in the house, <laughs> yeah. but um they have to have fun and be curious but I, I was watching my son um he was like he like lay down this like random thing of like patch of grass and was just looking at the sky so he's doing the cloud thing right now like like yeah. you know like i think that one looks like you know this or that and that one looks like a fish you know <laughs> so he was doing that and then he's like look mommy ufo <laughs> so i was like oh my gosh my husband's like you are rubbing off on this kid like look at his, he did a speech evaluation his whole story was about like a ufo and i'm oh, like that's amazing like I, I'm sure he hears it. They hear everything, but um, his curiosity about everything, just the tiniest things. And I like to watch them. Like I like to watch them, you know, and humans seem to be more like that. I like, I like bigger humans, I guess, not that kids aren't humans, but I like people watching in general. Um, it's like my favorite to go to like a, a cafe or a mall and just watch people because you can read like things about them. But I, what was curious, you said people can walk around with their phones like this and I remember learning in the forensic anthropology class that I took that, you know, it took us so long to get our eyes where they are so we could see straight. <laughs> I'm wondering if, like, uh, in the future, we're just going to hunch back over and our eyes are going to be like, <laughs> from doing this all the time. Because <laughs> I remember, like, the upright, like, you know, bipedalism, like, the like all of this just happened because we needed, we were walking upright. And we're just like this now all the time. <laughs> so I just I just always picture people, people when they're down like that and it also is like kind of funny like from like a woo standpoint for myself like people want to feel people want to like talk about all the cool ESP stuff like the extrasensory perception and their auras and stuff but us like our phones are kind of giving us this six sense of like light poles and people and you know uh, walls, right hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, <yeah. laughs> I mean I've seen some people but for for the most part, I mean, you can look down and like still walk straight, not oh, bump yeah. into anyone, like avoid all the potholes. It's amazing. And I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those people. Like oh, yeah. if I walk on campus, I will be on my phone because I don't want to yeah. talk to anybody. Oh, and yeah, I, will, yeah. I will not bump into a single human. I'll be like, I got this. So I've been around so long that I saw this cell phone thing happen. My my godfather had like the big one like the big 80s like cell phone and i thought he was so cool i thought he was rich because he had a convertible one of those big big old phones <laughs> and i just remember like receiving the first text message that's how old i am <laughs> i was just like oh, what is this i'm like how did you send a message on the phone <laughs> or like on pagers even before phones oh my oh. god yeah i think i was too young at the time i think my mom got me one for like her use but then, like, once the battery died, we were just done. So <laughs> she was just like, I don't, I was like, I was super young. I was like, I don't, we're not going anywhere anyway. He's going to page me from the backyard. But my mom still calls it page. She'll be like, I sent you a page. I'm like, you sent me a text. Wow. Dang. <laughs> Bless. So it, it's always funny. <laughs> so I think we might have a question. So Nikki, so Nikki's a great friend of mine. I'm going to say hello to some more people. Carolina's here. Alien Girl's here. We have Hi. Laura. I love the new name, Laura Paranormal Pixie. I haven't been that this whole time. Brad's been here. And Nikki's like my friend from Alaska. She's a medium. She was on one of my shows, and I'm going to have her on again, of course. 
Um, Because when I knew her, we were both at the beginning of our spiritual journey and we actually reconnected over her first like UFO sighting. And she was just like, I swear it like, I, when people see them the first time, it opens like so much in them. And it's interesting that Gary Nolan just had that, um, you know, there was just that article about how it changes the caudate putamen on people that have experiences. And they think a lot of like, people that have extrasensory perception, remote viewing ta- um, talents and um, psychic, ta- um, you know, psychic awareness also have that change in their the morphology of their brain. So uh, it, it'd be interesting to see some legitimate psychics uh, get their brain scanned. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it changes people. Um, I have you have you had an experience? Oh, we froze again. So yeah, so I don't know if anybody's read the um, Gary Nolan. Um, it was a, he has an actual paper, but he also has um, an article out through Vice. It's kind of like entry level if you don't um, want to get too deep into like the scientific literature. But Christina, have you had an experience? Have you seen anything or are you um, like, have you seen a UFO, UAP? What do you prefer to call it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the same name, right? Same yeah. thing, different <laughs> names. I'm, I'm not too picky on it. As long as we have this conversation, whatever you want to call it is fine with me. <laughs> Uh, yes, I have had an experience a few years back and um, I was visiting India with a group of friends, a group of people that ended up becoming my friends. And we were just kind of walking by and we saw this um, sadhu on the side of the road or a holy man, whatever. It's kind of it's pretty similar. And we're like, hey, we, we want to see some ancient ruins and ancient temples somewhere nearby. Do you happen to know where it is? And the sadhu was like, I'll take you. I'll take you there. And we're like, who is this guy? Like, why does he want to take this group of people? I I, I guess like nothing can go wrong, right? Everyone's going to be fine. Right. No, of course not. You're so, yeah, you're young. Who cares? Right. Everything's fine. So um, we, we take a bus for like four kilometers. I think it's what, like five miles or something, give or take. Sorry, my, my conversion is not very good. <laughs> so so we, we took about for like a little bit on a bus and then we walk another mile um to these ruins because it's like not near any road it, it's an old um shivian temple yeah and we're all there and he, he sits in in a meditative he sits in in a posture to meditate and he's like yeah guys you know he's all the ruins go ahead and look through them and then when you're done you can just sit on the grass and look up in the sky right just have a good time mm-hmm. so a lot of people in my group were after they finished going through the ruins, they began to sit down and meditate. And then uh, it was just beginning to reach like nighttime. So we're about getting there. And I'm I'm a huge cloud watcher too, just like your son. So when the sun was out, I was like, oh yeah, that one looks like a chicken eating like an alligator or something. And um, then he was like, okay, guys, everyone stop meditating and look up into the sky. So as he, as we're all looking up into the sky, I look over at, at the holy man and he's sitting completely in meditation. Like his eyes are closed. He is in a meditative state. Um, nothing can wave him. And while we're all looking, right, some guy next to me is like, what is that? And we're like, what? <laughs> and we all look up and we see these three kind of orangey yellow orbs because yeah. they were still kind of far away. And 
one of them was rather close to us, like pretty relatively close. And it looked a lot like the Carlos Diaz lights. I don't know if you know that story, yes. but for those, those that don't, it's, it's kind of like this crap. And it's like the whole thing is glowing in like yeah. a yet yellow, orangey reddish yeah. kind of tone. And it's not fully nuts and bolts. It looks semi organic and semi not. Yeah. It's it's really confusing and it's really difficult yes. to explain. <laughs> but um for those that want to look at the Carlos Diaz lights, please do and it looks really similar to that. So it comes in really close and we're all like, I mean, we're shocked. We're thinking, what the heck is this? And then and then it it, it flies close to the other two um ships, I guess, UFOs, and then they just disappear. Then the holy man opens his eyes very naturally, very slowly. <laughs> and to paraphrase what he said, it's um, those things that you saw are very close to how your actual family are. Oh. Every Everything coexists together. Oh. And um, then we were all talking at once. We're like, did you see that? No way. Yeah. And um, see, so I at the time, I was not um, into the UFO topic. I mean, I've always liked it, but I wasn't like, crazy into it so i didn't take any pictures i didn't do any videography on it i couldn't even compare the sizing because I, I had no reference points and i didn't even consider well let me let me look at this let me see how many diameters it might be across and like how far away is it from me let me write this down like yeah. i i wasn't even th i was so Shot. I, I was just like, well, I have no get, words. Like, they get like really caught up in the moment. And that's why they some do. people are like, well, why didn't you take a picture? Um, and there's like, some people that are in hot spots and they should be taking pictures. And they do like, um, there's a, a guy named Jason on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen his stuff, but he's out there every night taking these um, videos with his night vision. But yeah, he's, he sees them like all the time. But yeah, like people aren't thinking of like you're not measuring it. So maybe like now, but yeah, I, um, I, when I saw them when I was little, obviously I was young. So to me, I was like, it looked like the size of a basketball or a volleyball, but, um, it, but nobody's thinking that in the moment, because especially the first time you're trying to figure out what it is in most cases. Exactly. Cause you know, your brain is trying to rationalize what you're seeing so so your bias your opinion your past experiences are all running ahead of you trying to explain that this is what you're seeing is normal and at this time i was rather young i was barely exiting my teen years so it's like i don't know what was going on but i it wasn't something that i spoke about uh publicly to anyone and the biggest reason was not because i was embarrassed or like shy to share my story but it was more of like the experience to me was so profound even if i tried to explain it like no one would get it especially yes. my peers as well coming out of high school into college and the biggest thing was when i was there i this saw that was also teaching us a lot of i guess um dharma right like like yes. spiritual teachings yeah and he was practically saying whatever you encounter simply do not attach to it it's merely an illusion whatever you see it's going to come and go and and that really stuck with everyone in the group to the point where like we all agreed not to speak about it uh, uh, away from our group that saw it so we kind of like took an oath not to say it for a good amount of years but as i had joined the community People were asking, so this encounter you had, please <laughs> enlighten me. 
And I'm yeah. like, no, I, I really shouldn't. And they're like, oh, so you're a liar. You didn't really have an oh encounter, gosh. did you? I can't, and, I'm can't like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I did. I, you know, I, I'm just not really supposed to share it. Like, right. it's, it's, it was I, for I, you. It, it was, was for, for you in that group. It was for that moment. And people have a problem with that. And exactly. I still, and I see them. If I do a meditation and I go out and watch the sky, I'm going to see one. I don't have money for a TSLR, but also they might not show up. Some of these experiences are, are just for you. And he kind of said that, like, these are like your basically distant family. We're all connected. Um, and I would have lost it right there. I'm going to tell you, I'm a little bit of a hippie. I would have started crying. Like, you, like, just had, like, a dream that I want. Like, like you were, like, in this, by this temple with this holy man in India. You saw a UFO. I would have lost my damn mind and stayed <laughs> I'm not coming back after that. I'm going to sit with him and we're all going to summon UFOs until I die. Sorry, kids. <laughs> Well, I, I, I definitely did not want to return back to the States uh, when I was living there yet. You know, when I did come back, I was like, wow, you know, uh, living in the States is such an amazing country. Like, I'm so grateful yeah. that I live here compared to these third world countries. And also my mom uh, being from Venezuela, you know, it's it's still kind of classified as a yeah. I guess a second world country, developing, not really a third world yeah. country. Developing, yeah. And so when when she moved to the States, she's like, I'm never going back. I'm never going back to my yes. country because like this place is amazing. Um, so but but it, it was a rather profound experience. And it's not really one that even in the community, I don't talk about it often. If I'm asked, I'll I'll like I'll kind of briefly yeah. go over it Thank you for sharing that. It really means a lot to me because like that is such a beautiful experience. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, and, and I'm, you know what? I'm happy to share it with you and with, and with your audience, but for, for the most part, like I, I don't, I just, I, I don't, no matter how well I'll try to explain it, it just, it won't hit people the same. No. You know who you should tell you should tell. So I'm never in here. Prime time was in here. No prime. Oh my gosh. Josh and Artemis show. Josh's mom does all this amazing UFO art from people's experiences. Wow. No, you, she is somebody like when she, when I told her my experience and she drew it, I was crying because she asked, she asked like, tell me every smell, every, she asked all these questions about senses. And I remember all that because it was, um, I was five, but you're so immersed in your, uh, environment when you're young you know what I mean like like a child so I remembered a lot of it and it was it really did change my worldview I've always been a weirdo ever since that experience so <laughs> but yeah she she drew it and she's drawn other people's experiences and it's all this black and white pen art and it's amazing I'll have to send you a picture of it too because if she draws it my goodness Carolina you're right some things are just for you yeah and they so won't show up in DSLR she says so Carolina says um this just caught my eye for some reason. She said, you're right. Some things are just for you and they will not show up in DSLR or even like um, security cams, these beings. And we're, we're learning more about this now that um, they kind of show up to us as we will accept them and see them because of the whole um, consciousness connection. So it makes a lot of sense that if this was for you to set you on this path or that you're supposed to be doing or set you up for your Dharma or, you know, you, it was for you guys in that group. And it's a, uh, and I think a lot of experiences are like that, but with the community, you're going to have two people. Like it's so divisive. Um, you have to be nuts and bolts or you have to be woo woo um, UFO summoner or whatever, you know, but yeah. the people are going to 
be really surprised when they realize it's all connected and people are starting to, and it's kind of fun to watch because as a witch and a spiritual spiritualist, a mystic, whatever you want to call me, I know this already, but it's very cool to see science supporting it because like I said, my, my background is in molecular biology and I love physics like that, like is one of my favorite things to read about. So like entanglement and stuff like that is just like, like, like you said, the, the, the holy man in India said, like, don't get attached to anything because it's all like an illusion. We already know this through physics, but exactly. they knew this for so long. For centuries, um, if not in longer than that. And, and you're right. In, in many respects, if you look at um, old Sanskrit text, you're going to see a lot of physics and other science yeah. aspects that science today is just now catching up on. Now, for myself, I'm very nuts and bolts. I have to be very critical in the way I think and only speak about things that data can go ahead and back up those claims just because that that's just the path that I'm taking in the UFO world now. And there are so many paths you can take, like we have spoken about earlier, and there is no wrong one. No. So I, I believe it is so beautiful, more than anything, to know that not everyone has the same mindset, and that not everyone is going to be sciencey, not everyone's going to be spirit, have a right. spiritual aspect to it, because you're going to see them intertwine amongst yes. in inside one another. So I I love it all. I think it's it's a rather exciting topic to be in and I truly believe it is the most important conversation that humanity is having in this point in time. Absolutely. Um people will kind of guilt trip like I've been guilt trip before like you're worried about my family members, you're worried about this UFO thing, but there's all this other stuff happening in the world without naming like topics that they went down. Cause I don't want to downplay anything that somebody's passionate about, but we have to realize every single one of us has a role to play in this time in this life. And it's that whole duality of like uh, different roles that we play that actually makes us a whole. So people just need to be more accepting of, you know, it's hard when somebody's like jumping at you because, you know, you're a hippie or you're not a hippie or don't you see it's conscious? Nah, don't you see it's physics, you know, and, you know, people just get in these fights and it, it's not it's very counterproductive because we're all exactly where we're supposed to be. We're strategically placed. We all have our own dharma to follow. We all have something that we're going to give people in our own way. Like, yes, there's a bunch of UFO podcast, there's a bunch of paranormal podcasts, there's a bunch of spiritual podcasts, but the way that you're presenting it is not going to be the same as somebody else. And somebody might listen to you, not listen to me and vice versa. So we all have to just keep doing what we were doing. And exactly. I think and great strides recently. It, and you're right. It, with the show, and I think we're, we're on the same page on this, with the show that we create, it's about helping that one person that needs it. Because you're right, there are so many and there's going, everyone's going to have their own audience. Everyone's going to capture different people based off of how they go ahead and portray these stories or these encounters. But for, for myself, not only am I trying to help my generation as a whole, but it's really just helping that one person that needs it, that, that, needs it to hear and and to know that they're not alone in in this path that all all so many of us so many of us are pushing forward to get that disclosure to get that truth or even to 
understand that we shouldn't feel ridiculed. We shouldn't feel scared to share our experiences or to even even have an interest in this topic because it's been going on for centuries. And it is so exciting to read all of like the really old stories. Well, yeah. I was really shocked by the one that Christopher Columbus that's not a well-known one. She's going to tell us about Christopher Columbus one when she goes back. But yeah, not a lot of people realize that there was um, documented sightings through journals because um, when we think back to like the early, earlier, like the, you know, like Christopher Columbus and people that started America, their, their documentation was their diaries or their journals. So is that where they found his? Maybe I'm not getting it right. His experience, Christopher Columbus? Yeah, they found it in one of his diaries. And I can't remember which museum it's in. I want to say, I want to say, and someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's in Portugal, his diary. But he had practically claimed that when he was traveling to the United States, which obviously wasn't the United States really, but <laughs> on the way there, he was saying that he saw a candlelight entering and exiting the water because at this time there was no electricity. You, you couldn't even explain you saw a light in the sky, you saw a flying saucer. Was like, not a thing then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, what the heck is this? So the best way he could explain it was by saying it was a candlelight entering and exiting the water. And that's one of the first kind of accounts uh, that has been written down um, right. of UFOs. There's another one in Japan, uh, the Utsurogune, which is of another right. really stellar story. I think it was actually in the yeah. 1800s. Um, yeah. Christopher Columbus was in 1492, so 400-year difference. <laughs> but but I, I personally love hearing the, like, really ancient UFO stories oh, yeah. because – they have to make it relevant to their experiences at that time. Right. In the Japanese story, in the I think it's maybe it's the 1600s. I think. Anyways, anyways, they had really to explain <laughs> the the craft as a rice pit because they didn't they didn't have they don't have you know teacups right and like tea plates right. they don't have those. So, but what they did have were rice pits, and that was the best way they could explain the craft that they were seeing. So I find it beautiful, the language that is being portrayed, and I, I always really hope that the translations um, can, can like, help, hopefully, yes. and, and, like, not lose its translation when it's being shifted from language to language. Right. And that happens a lot with the older uh, languages, right? Oh, of course, especially the ones that are no longer being used. Well, we look at Samaria, we know that there's the book of Ezekiel and people like are so weirded out by that description of the chariot. But like you said, what what was then like like they, they're relating it to things I knew then and we do the same thing now. Like and there's some things that it's a plane, it's a stealth plane, you know, like it's a weird drone. Exactly. Um, and there's some things that ha that and there's some technology that they had then that we do not have now or have any data of. So when we read it, we're like, what are they trying to explain? And then yeah. and then the and then they, it can also get lost in translation. So it's 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 a it's it's a really sensitive kind of topic when you're hitting the really, really old stories. And by the way, the Utsurubune was in the 1800s. I had to Google it just to oh, make okay. sure. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, yeah. don't want to be wrong. <laughs> but but I, I, I really like that. And, you know, I've had complaints. And this is, like, really disappointing. I've had complaints on my channel and on social media where they're like, you're just covering all the really old stories. What about what's happening in present day? And I'm thinking- There's people doing that too though. Well, there is, there is. But here's the thing, in present day, I believe it is the hardest time 
today to decipher what is really going on in the sky because we have such advanced technology now more than ever that it, it's very difficult to say like is it a ufo or is it a drone or like is it really right. a weather balloon or is it some kind of like black project mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of a lot more covered up yes you have a lot of paper trails yes there's a lot of people you can call but yeah. they're gonna deny right if you call nasa yeah. no we're not, we're not flying they can't, anything talk, right about now. It. They can't talk about it but in the early early 1900s 1800s if you saw something in the sky that was insane by itself because you didn't have airplanes back then you, b- balloons Okay, maybe, but they did not go that high at the time because they're not made out of the materials that we have today. <laughs> exactly. So I not feel like, like the way a UFO would glow. Anyway, like I know like exactly fire for hot air balloons and all that, but um, which was very cool at the time. So yes. <laughs> I I believe now more than ever it's a lot harder, and especially we also have CGI. We have all these really yes. cool programs that can make things look really real when they're not, and people just do it as a joke. So yeah. yes. The- more people covering the more present day ufos but that doesn't that doesn't really mean anything it doesn't yeah it doesn't um and people are getting so good at cgi like it's almost a challenge to them to make it um not be able to be like debunked um it's and it brings us all to that whole like reality perception thing that we have you know like what we perceive is actually the reality like you know schrodinger's box stuff but <laughs> poor cat i know people are always like <laughs> i'm like it's all right Peta. it wasn't a real cat it was a thought experiment <laughs> like um but yeah it was one of those things it's like that thing where like we are so like we i think that elon musk says it, that we're already ai because the way we interface with our we're totally fine talking to each other like this and I feel like I know you and I'm talking to you because I see you. Um, and I know that you can pick up energy through the screen. And I know that sounds super weird, but it happens. Um, I've seen people come on like Zoom, you know, or even uh, Google Duo phone calls or FaceTime. And um, you can tell right away, um, even if they're faking that they're having a good day, um, that they're something's going on um so now we're developing this other weird extrasensory thing through the internet um and this sort of like human interface where we can actually feel each other which is super creepy to think about that's definitely twilight zone or black mirror is like did you have you watched black mirror i haven't but i've heard really good things about it you would like it if you liked old twilight zone i was a twilight zone kid too and um yeah it's like super weird stuff but there's a couple ai episodes where it's like i can see this happening and it was like that with the twilight zone back then you're like that's weird but i could see it happening yeah (laughs) and just just a few years time and a lot of things that have happened in that show are pretty relevant here today but when, when it comes to interfacing with AI, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the cyborgs from Star Trek. That's yeah, the first yes. thing that comes to mind where you're really being integrated with technology. Yes. And then what if they take you over and then you're like, what, just like an evil robot? I mean, that's kind right. of scary. But we're but it's I, I, like, I mean, like ear pods bluetooth you know in our ear already guys like (laughs) yeah and people have like mechanical arms which are like pretty cool yeah but the new new mechanical arms are so amazing like (laughs) it's 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 pretty fantastic so look you're right we're not far like elon musk said we're already interfacing with technology and you know maybe that's what we're supposed to do 
in order to progress, right, scientifically and see see where it'll take us. Here's the biggest thing. If we're going to bring the scientific aspect to it, if we're going to do the whole exploration in space, right, we're having a space race right here, right, right. now, once again, for for from our understanding of space, and I forgot who said this in an interview, but it made, it made me laugh. It's like everything in space is trying to kill you. Like it's, it's a very, it's very difficult to find a planet, one that is habitable, that you can find oxygen and everything you need to survive. The majority of them are not. And if we were able to integrate with AI, if we had some like a suit that we could wear all the time, right, that was constantly doing its thing, I don't know, um, then you could go ahead and live on these planets or, or travel through space looking for another planet and living a relatively normal life instead of struggling instead of having to constantly like change your spacesuit and then like do all these weird things when your body can just do it naturally and that's in quotation marks that's not actually naturally it's ai (laughs) but you get what i mean right so it's 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 a weird thing i'm i'm looking forward to all of the missions that are happening with space because in a sense they're all looking for life and they're doing it in a scientific way they're looking for microbial life starting small but they're getting there to go ahead and hopefully find something that might not be explainable or that look maybe somewhat like us right now there is going to be a um a mission to venus in 2023 to go ahead and see if phosphine really can really is a byproduct of life so that's going to be really interesting. And then you have the Perseverance rover looking yes. for microbial life in Jezero Crater, which is currently its home base. Right. So we're 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 starting small. We're starting in our solar system, but I think that's rather fantastic um, for for those that I guess are more scientifically minded, or for those that haven't had you know a, like intense experience with an extraterrestrial like right next to them. Because there's a big difference with having being being a contactee and then just seeing a ufo in the sky there's a yes but on that point i I always tell people it's relative too because some people the light in the sky is just for them and what they've experienced is also um it's very big for them you know what i mean so i try to be mindful of uh, the whole it's all relative to their experience if if they saw a light in the sky that like what you saw this weird plasma e like it's self-contained weirdness um and then they're raised one way to think that's not even real then it's also like that could that could be just as changing to them as like a contactee or an abductee or an experiencer of that type guys i didn't cut her off she froze so if you guys are gonna be, if you're listening to just the audio like she froze so i just kept talking to so we were like sitting there in silence but i was like people probably think i'm being rude like just hopping in there <laughs> no no that that's really smart instead of having like awkward silence you know like on yeah. like you know on video it's okay but like on the radio or just on a podcast it, right. people are like what's going on did, did my phone freeze and it's like actually yeah. no it's 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 on my behalf why there's issues no. <laughs> yeah, I think the first couple times I was like oh she froze and then I said I was like, no well I'll just keep talking because I know this audio is going to be out <laughs> And in and that's smart. It's that that's a beautiful like a great way in a beautiful way to to carry it on because it's your show. You know, you don't want to have that like dry air and they're like, wow, these people like what are they, what are they doing? <laughs> so yeah, if it seems like I'm putting Christina off, 
Um, I'm not, we have internet things happening, <laughs> but what were you talking, you were saying um, the experience is pretty impactful if you're a contact, a contactee. I don't know why I have this Southern thing happening. I don't know where <laughs> I've been in Kentucky too long. <laughs> yeah. So when, when it comes, when it comes to the UFO phenomenon, right. If it comes, when it comes to disclosure in the aspect of like, what are you really looking for? You're looking for the government to tell you, yes, aliens are here. Or, or is it something else entirely? Is it that you're looking for actual data to go ahead and provide the information that not only is there life outside of our planet but there is life that looks a lot like us that are bipedal yeah. right that can hold conversations so right. on and so forth and so like i said at the beginning there are so many paths you can take either you can be a contactee and believe it right off the bat that like yes aliens are real it's different races this side and the other they're telepathic they're interdimensionals right. or for those that are not contactees or abductees or those that know people that are right, it can be a lot more difficult to grasp that possibility. And so taking the route of science where you're having the mission to Venus in 2023, you're having the perseverance rover, which hopefully they will be providing data of life on Jezero crater and, and other future missions that are coming along, along with telescopes, that are going to be launching the um, James Webb Telescope. Yeah, that one's going to be insane. It, like, it I'm allowed to like Hubble pictures and people's astrophotography pictures. I cannot even. I'm I'm so excited. It's um, insane, and also it. with the Giant Magellan Telescope. I mean, you're already having astrophysicists and astronomers scheduling to be there. Um, to, to go ahead and, and see what they can find just using these amazing, insane yeah. telescopes. So I, I am not against either any path that is taken. It's just the biggest thing is it's as long as we get the disclosure that we're looking for. Then you yeah. also have the Galileo Project, oh, right? Yeah. So run amazing. by Harvard professor Abby Loeb. And what's that. amazing about, so <laughs> oh, me too, me too. He's, he's really fantastic. It was such a pleasure to speak with him. But with, with him and what makes him different from other scientists is that to my understanding, at least currently, he wants to make all the data that he collects public. Yes. He wants to make it public. And, right. and a big reason to that is because he has private funders. He's not right. working for the government. He's not working for um, some kind of contract, right, to go ahead and collect that and give it to the government. He is working practically for himself and for the people of Earth, right. no one right. else. And that has been very rare because you have NASA, but, you know, and then you yeah. have SpaceX, which yeah. is also kind of like you're not really getting that information that you're looking for. Yeah. Exactly. But with the Galileo project, at least currently, we don't know how it'll be in the future. At least currently, he right. wants to make anything that he collects, any data that is provided to him, made to the public. And that is beautiful because all the previous scientists are funded by usually by those that want that information for themselves. So, and, and, or they. Yeah. So obviously seems like he wants to, um, his information is going to be very clean because he's not looking for anything that has happened in the past. He's looking for his own information that he's collecting from the first time he gets that, um, whatever data collection, uh, modality he uses, whether it be a telescope or, you know, whatever he decides to use, that's he's, he's taking it from that point and forward. 
he's not messing with anything that's declassified, not anything classified. And some people were saying like, oh, I really want him to be part of this whole, um, you know, government movement that's happening um, with the legislation. I'm like, he wouldn't, I don't think he would do it. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him, but I, he's some, he's like on my bucket list, must meet um, kind, kind of people, like, you know, he's that person. I'm like, I really want to talk to him and hopefully I don't sound stupid, but he's very, um, I like the way he explains things. He's, he knows what his path is and he knows how he wants to collect it. And he knows what he wants to do with the data. Like you were saying, he's, he's privately funded. So he doesn't owe anything to, um, you know, the governments of the world, I guess. Exactly. And so he's, he's really, he's very good at explaining very complicated things in a very simple manner. And the biggest thing for him, at least from my understanding, um, from seeing so many of his interviews and also talking to him, is that humanity needs to remain humble. No matter what, uh, no matter what data is provided, no matter if we're being visited by aliens or not, we need to remain humble in that the universe is so vast. It's so yes. huge that we can't even comprehend no. how big the universe is. Yes, there are numbers to go ahead and like explain it, but right. those numbers are so large that our brain is like... I, I can yeah, only pass yes. a million and that's like as good as it's going to get. Right. But but with him, he's like, if the universe is so vast, why are they visiting just us? Our planet is rather small. It's not that easy right. to find, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're in downtown of the galaxy. There are yeah. so many planets. Why are they visiting just us? You know, I'm not really feeling right. that. So, so with, with him, from everything that I've heard, it's it, the biggest thing just to remain humble that no matter what information is given to us, we cannot have preconceived ideas of, what is, yes. of what's going on if we don't have anything to back up that evidence. Yes, absolutely. So we are coming up on the hour, and I know somebody, um, Alien Lives Matter, was messaging me saying he wanted to ask some questions. Um, do you feel up to at least one question before we close yes. out? Um, the question is, what are the messages communication from alien what are the messages and communication from aliens um that's what he's interested in elizondo said that they attempted and gave the impression it was successful i don't know if you know the answer to that um then he says obviously navy etc tried to communicate with them with the uip so there, for for an instance, you know, this has been going on for quite a few decades. You have SETI, okay? You have you have ginormous satellites that are trying to emit um, radio waves to go ahead and see what can come back from that, or if any, if or if it can be deciphered. There was a whole movie called contact i think it was called contact yeah. Yeah. and it was just about that they had these ginormous satellites and then they actually got a message coming from space and they were like freaking out they were so excited it took them a really long time to decipher what it meant and so there has been this type of communication for quite a few decades to my understanding but now when it comes to present day you you can keep following SETI. You know you're having also having all these actual missions that are entering space, or you can take a different path, right? And you can do CE five. There are quite a few people that have had rather uh, profound experiences where, through meditation, they were able to have these kinds of experiences or sightings. Now I haven't tried it. I don't know too much about it. I've only heard right. stories. 
but you, you, you have two paths. Take a scientific path, which is, you know, it takes a lot of technology, resources, a lot of mm -hmm. money. Uh, which is great if, if if you work for a private company, if you work for the government, or if you want to do something more at home and get, I guess, more personal results, then from what I've heard, you allegedly could also do CE5 exp right. experiments, I guess you call them experiments mm -hmm. as well. So I, it's been going on for a while. Right, right. So I'm not sure about this, um, Alien Lives Matter. I don't know that I, if you have um, where... It's a, he says that NDA, NDA now funds Avilo Galileo. It's in the amendment. I don't know that that is, if it is a thing, send it to me. That's curious. I haven't heard. Have you heard anything about that, Christina? Um, not yet. No, I haven't, but I'll, I'll be looking into it. Not yeah, yet. for sure. Cause that's a very curious uh, statement. Um, yeah. So guys, if we, I'll try to have Christina on again. Um, you can also probably contact her. I have her information. Um, in the description box. Christina, do you have anything exciting coming up? I know that you're doing a lot of fun things. Is there anything that um, that you're excited to do for, I guess, is there any big things coming for you in 2022, which is like around the corner? Or is my son's always like, where's the corner? I don't see it. <laughs> I was like, He's oh too my literal. God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're four. You take everything literally. <laughs> it's so cute. It's so cute. Um, you know, 2022 is going to... A lot of things are going to happen, not just for me, but I, I think when it comes to disclosure and hopefully with how the the news outlets are going to provide that information is going to be rather exciting, especially now that allegedly we're going to be getting reports every six months. Cool. We'll, we'll be seeing how that goes. So for as for myself, um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, there's still the debrief, which I post shows every single Friday, which are news roundups of like summaries of the articles. Yes. And then for KUNX Talk Radio every Tuesday, um, where I talk to UFO researchers and enthusiasts. So it's it's I'm excited what, what it's going to hold and, and how far we've come. And I mean, look, we've come really far in just a year. Um, let's see what's going to happen next year, which is just in a few days. <laughs> really. Oh yeah, I know. That is so nuts. I, I feel like people complain about 2021, but I feel like it's been good for me. I, I, I don't really have, um, I guess the whole like, uh, talking about this publicly in my experiences has been like a weight lifted, like out of my soul. Like I feel I can talk about this. There's people like me. Like, you know, I didn't know UFO Twitter was a thing. I didn't know that the Instagram community was a thing. So I just kind of like tried to talk to people about it um, in my real life, which is not really good playground talk amongst the moms. So at one point, I even tried to like bring it into like uh, this world again and talk about um, physics, which is also not good playground talk. <laughs> so I'm very grateful for everybody that's listening and watching. Um, Christina, can you hang out backstage for a little bit? Um, not very Absolutely. long. I just want to say thank you to people behind, um, you know, the scenes or whatever. So everybody, I'm going to take you out real fast. Thank you so much for joining and listening again. If you're listening on YouTube or on that UFO podcast, thank you so much. Give a like or a subscribe or a comment rating. I don't know what it allows you to do, but um, thank you. If you're a new listener, thank you to everybody that joined in the chat and everybody watching, watching. Oh my gosh, making it worse. Watching later on. And I will see everybody 
next week for UAP Ladies Night. And I will, I believe that I'm having Artemis, it's just going to be Artemis and I counting down our like the top 10 cool things that happened in 2021 as far as UFO news goes. Have a great night and a, you're going to listen to this probably after Christmas. So I hope you had good holidays, happy new year, all that good stuff. And I will see you very soon.